The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, if you're watching on YouTube, Thursday, December 16th. If you're listening to the podcast, Friday, December 17th. This is the Best Bets Show. And if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. We go live every Thursday at 1 p.m. We give out our best bets for the week. I believe all three of us above 500 this week. And, of course, we do... Recaps of every single primetime game, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, and occasionally we'll even have an emergency podcast like we did around noon today, 1145 maybe, when we did the Urban Meyer's Been Fired emergency podcast because Urban Meyer, not sure if you heard Pete, Pete Prisco, RJ White joining me, Pete, Urban Meyer fired in the, in the, like in the, the middle of the night on, on Wednesday evening. They had been talking about that for a little bit. I, I, this, the mechanism wasn't just the Lambo kick um, or lack of his kicks that led to the kick. Um, I just think that because they knew about that, but it was just the whole process was being played out and they were trying to negotiate. I think they were trying, this is what I heard. They were trying to negotiate a settlement of sorts. And then when this all got public, then that was the end. And, and so it had to go. He had to go. You told, you told us on Sunday night or no, I guess it was Monday night. Cause the, you know, the Jaguars losing Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. night and and it, it, Sunday night, you said you, you, texted we're on a thread and you texted and said eh, like like you thought this might be coming fairly soon and i i, I, I think i meant i mentioned it on the podcast i was like look i don't want to because i didn't want to i didn't want to put your reporting out there from a text thread, but i was like i'm just saying we might be doing an emergency podcast on urban meyer fairly soon yeah and and look this has been building for a while there's been so you know the the, the missteps but more than that the the feeling inside the building Nobody could handle him or stand him. And I'm talking about support staff and training staff and, and, and you know, video and everybody. That nobody. He wasn't a good guy. And yeah. they didn't like him. And his players didn't like him. And his coaches didn't like him. That's a bad combination. He hired a bunch of bad people. Uh, look how many guys. You know, the microphone that I joked. You know, I said that in the summer. When I said when I went there and I saw the microphone, I mocked it. You know, hydrate, hydrate, hurry up, hurry up, uh, hustle, hustle. And I, I mocked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mocked it. And then I, I I actually put that out there that his players were pushing back on him. That was in the summer. And, you know, the guy who was on the microphone, came to him as a young administrative assist, assistant 
that he knew uh, from his college days. He left already. Mm. He's gone. He's at Texas now. He left to go to Texas. When you're hype man mouth, so, it's, it's a bad look. Yeah. Also, you know this is a bad look, RJ? That your Buffalo Bills will go down in history as the greatest highlight of Urban Meyer's uh, tenure in Jacksonville, the nine to six victory over Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills should be kept out of the playoffs solely for losing that game. They deserve not to be in the playoffs for losing to that garbage coach and that garbage team. There's no way that the, that's a playoff team. RJ, it's amazing. They it was nine six, and they only ran the ball nine times in that game. Nine times. Let me ask you this: We we talked about this on the Urban Meyer podcast with myself and Wilson and Breach jumped in as well. Um, Pete, you, and I, this is not an old joke. You, you've, you've literally covered the league for like 40 years. I mean, like, like you have, you have, you have seen a lot of stuff. You, you covered the Jaguars coming into existence. You, you have, uh, you've seen many coaches hired, many coaches fired. Is Urban Meyer the worst coaching hire in the history of the NFL? Well, I mean, people conveniently forget about Bobby Petrino. I but but Urban's worse than Petrino, I think. What about Ray Handley? I mean, they're you know. I was, but I'm saying like, a, but I'm saying when you you got to factor yes, in expectations, everything. and expectations and the hype and yes, it's the worst. It's the worst hire of all time. Yeah, okay, all right. he was I, awful. Just, and all the missteps. You know what? One misstep that they nobody even pays attention to because the special teams have actually been pretty decent is the special teams coach. He hired him from. Seattle, after he sat out 10 games last year or whatever for personal reasons, he hires them and then he gets rid of them after he has personal problems <laughs> in the, when, his, when he first gets to Jacksonville. He's hiring the racist strength and conditioning coach who'd just been fired from Iowa. Like, what are you doing? There, and there then is the, a, t, the Tebow. Oh, there's a zero percent chance. There's a zero percent chance that Urban Meyer did any background checks on anyone before he hires them with how he prepares for these games. Clearly, and, he and, thought they were all losers. Joe, so. <laughs> I mean, think about this though. This is all you need to know. Joe DiCamillis, who's one of the best special teams coaches in the league for years, was on that staff and wanted to stay. He didn't want him. Keenan McCardo, who's a great wide receiver coach, wanted to stay. He didn't want him. Why didn't he want him? Because they would have pushed back against him. They weren't yes men, and instead he gets guys that uh, you know are no longer no longer going to be around and have jobs. Look, the the word is is that he was thinking about getting rid of some of his one of his coaches or two of his coaches, whatever position, and hiring his son-in-law, who's the quarterbacks coach at Ohio State, who got the job because he knew Urban Meyer. He burned I mean, it, a it, roster it, spot on Tim Tebow and then held a fake quarterback competition between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. And everybody's like, wow, I can't believe that the number one overall pick isn't playing very well. Maybe there's something to do with the fact that he didn't get first team, all the first team reps in training camp. There's a billion, well, he, there's a billion things he did wrong. Here's the thing. It all has to be about him. Forget about it. Whoever they hire, whatever general manager they hire, it has to be about that quarterback because – Look, the receivers stink, the line stinks, the kid's eyes are starting to come down, his mechanics are waning. But every every game you see two or three throws where you go, oh, there it is. They just And so now just build it around him. Make it him. Whoever the coach is. It's got to be an offensive coach. Whether it's Jim Caldwell, who's 66, so age might be a concern, but I think he'd be the right temperament. And he's done great job with quarter, I mean, Peyton. Joe Flacco went to the Super Bowl with him. He'd be great in that role. Um, and I, I know he's a guy – or Byron Leftwich as well, who, you know, 
he was a first round pick there. People love Byron. Uh, Byron would bring, you know, some some cachet into there as well. Josh McDaniels, if you could get him. I don't think you could get him, but if you could get him, Eric Bieniemy will be in the mix. Kellen Moore will be in the mix. And Kevin O'Connell is a name that when I talk to people in the league, that name keeps coming up time and time again as a rising star in the coaching profession. What about uh, Doug Peterson? Yeah, I, I think I like Doug Peterson, and he would he'll probably get an interview, but – I think they need to – I don't know. This is my personal take. Somebody who doesn't have the skins on the wall. Somebody who doesn't have the skins on the wall. The reason being – and not that Doug isn't – I I see you don't want somebody coming in saying, this is how I did it here and how we won here. You want somebody coming in and – Correct. And McDaniels did that in Denver and was a failure. And I think Josh McDaniels has matured a great deal. Everything I hear about him is he's a different guy. And people say, well, he didn't take the indie job. His family supposedly didn't want to go. And that wins out. I'm sorry. It wins out. You have to, it, it, and that should be applauded for a coach who actually listened to his family. I think McDaniels, the second time around, will be fantastic as a head coach. So, But any one of those, I think there's a good, that's a good pool of offensive coaches. And I think they have to hire an offensive coach. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, RJ, any, uh, any thoughts on who they should go with? It'd be tough for, I think, McDaniels to leave New England if he thinks that he's going to be the head coach there when Bill's done because now he's got his quarterback and it's it, the nucleus is there. So it's, Now where's Bill, it, where's Bill going to leave? <laughs> right. You know, it's, I, well, I, you can't see Bill Belichick coaching more than a few more years probably. You know, he's going to coach until he gets he's going to coach until he gets that record. I'll tell you what, uh, your boy unloaded on last night. Bill Belichick, coach of the year, minus 114. What do you think about that? Who else is winning? I mean, he, this is, and you know what? He's, he's Kingsbury done a, a fantastic week. job. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. I mean, look, Kingsbury could definitely win it, but if the card, the Cardinals are, I feel like the Cardinals might kind of limp to the finish here. Mm-hmm. And and I took some Kingsbury too Patri- as well. What if the Patriots limit? Lim- what if the Patriots lose to the Colts this week? And what if they lose to Buffalo? Then you can take that away from them. What sure. What doesn't Lafleur ever get any credit? Because Aaron Rodgers. But-, but look what he's navigated through this year. I mean, the offensive line is a shell of itself. And Aaron Rodgers, COVID toe. Don't forget about that. That's right, COVID toe. COVID toe. Very dangerous situation. Um, the uh, no, I mean, look, Lafleur, Lafleur, Lafleur's problem is that for, for, for the coach of the year thing, like you're a voter for coach of the year, right, Pete? Yeah. All right. So who I would am. you vote for today? Probably between Belichick Probably and Bel- Kingsbury. Bel- yeah. Belichick. Probably if Belichick that. wins I, look, the division and gets the number one seed with a rookie quarterback a year after he misses the playoffs and Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl somewhere else, Belichick is winning coach of the year. He's never been the coach of the year, right? No, no, he's, he's won it uh, three times, I think. Was it three times? It's either two I or mean, three. It's, it's, it's definitely while, multiple. Though. Yeah, it's been a while. It's sort of like Coach K. It's almost identical to Coach K. They, they've they won it. Um, let's see. He won it oh, three times, 2003, 2007, 2010. So Crazy didn't 20, win in 2001, right? It's been 11 years, yeah. Been a while. Deserve it. He's a, Let's give it to he's him. He's a great – look, he's, this is might be one of his best coaching jobs ever, if not the best. That's if what I'm saying. If, if Bill Belichick puts in his best coaching job ever, he's got to win uh, he's that win award. It. Yeah. He'll win it. So that's why I unloaded on him at minus 114. Anywho, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, sorry, RJ. Maybe I don't know if you give out your pick for Jags. Oh, are, we, are we talking Texans Jaguars? Uh, we can do. Well, why don't we dive into Texas Jaguars? But before we do that, should point out uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. 
smash it and tell us your best bet in the comments as well youtube.com slash pick six if you want to watch our shows early week 14 we all finished above 500 rj and pete go four and three i go five and four just kind of treading water need a big week rj now 44 and 40 on the year for all of rj's picks by the way go to sportsline.com slash join use promo code white you'll get your first month for a dollar maybe first month for free some kind of cool promo that will allow you to see all of rj's picks plus our myriad other experts uh martin green great soccer picks on sportsline.com nailed uh been nailing them. I, I I tail his soccer picks all the time. I'm, I'm like into soccer now. I don't know how that happened actually. Because you get you can lock into a great soccer expert, and you're sort of like, I'm going to make money on these picks if I bet them long term. So let me just do it, and then I have something to root for and watch these games. And Martin's incredible. He just does great work over there. And uh, and I'm like you, you know, I follow his picks too because I'm I'm a casual soccer fan. Um, I like betting on them when I'm in Vegas because they they're early. You can be out all night, and you can go to like a pub and then watch the game at like two in the morning, two three in the morning. It's pretty. It's awesome. But. Uh, but so, yeah, throw some money line soccer parlays together every time when I'm in Vegas. And uh, if, you're, if you're watching live, I've got che- I think I've got Chelsea minus one and a half coming up uh, at some point today. I need to look and see what time that is. What do you think about Chelsea, Pete? Do you think you like the uh, the, the lineup? Uh, I, like che- I'm, I'm, I like Chelsea today. I really do. That's one of my top. <laughs> it's one of my top picks. Chelsea. <laughs> but, uh, let me see. They play. Uh, what time do they play? They play Everton today. OK, I just saw how did you, how did you get that that fast? I saw, I looked at it. On- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty good, Pete. Yeah, they play what, every what day is, in the Premier League. Gerald, what's Chelsea favored by in that game? Uh, they're, it's like minus 670, like a huge favorite. Like, okay. they're, like they're, the line do you know is anybody minus- on? Do you know anybody on Chelsea's roster? Uh, I forget. I was wow. who's on what roster. I don't know the <laughs> oh rosters my God. at all. Oh no, my I, God. I really don't. I don't know the rosters at all. I, I try to learn them, but like it's, it's – uh, I don't know why it's harder to learn soccer rosters than it is like football or basketball rosters. What about the great hope for uh, the U.S. men's soccer team? Oh, uh, 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 Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Yeah, Pulisic. Yeah, he's on there. He's on Chelsea. I knew that. Duh. Yeah, I, I didn't, and nor do I. Reese James. I just a bunch All right, of anyway. Players. Uh, you you may be surprised by this, but the uh, the can't hit won't hit. Well, no, we we have to get one parlay this year. It's wild that we haven't gotten the parlay once. I uh, didn't hit. I think it went two. Two and two, the uh, oh the, no, actually I take that back. It went one and three because the Raiders didn't yeah. cover the so Washington, Washington, Washington covered terrible, terrible, and the Bucks didn't cover as Bucks, well. Bucks covered, not three the and a half. Oh, they did cover because they were overtime. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Bucks are, so two and two. Sorry, Titans covered easily. Great pick on the Titans uh, over the Jaguars, who are playing the Texans. And how important is Urban Meyer to the spread? So important that the Jaguars were three and a half yesterday, and they're now minus four and a half. Urban Meyer is worth negative one points to the spread, according to Las Vegas. I, I don't think that's actually the reason, but I would guess, uh, Pete, that plenty of people uh, would be in the over-under here, 39 and a half. Just a disgusting, disgusting game. Uh, Jaguars hosting the Texans in the wake of Urban being fired, minus four and a half. You have to think, though, that there's a dead cat bounce factor with the Jaguars in this game, right? Yeah, I like them anyways. I, I thought they would win this game anyways. I think, uh, you know, being back at home, the Texans aren't very good. Uh, they, their rookie quarterback played well last week, Davis Mills. Uh, and I think it'll – look, the Jaguars' defense is actually pretty good. I think they're one of the only teams in the league that hasn't given up a 20-plus – they've given up like one or two 20-yard pass plays, I think, if I'm not mistaken. They're one of the best teams in the league against uh, the pass in 20-plus pass plays. And so I think they'll limit what they do. Uh, I don't think the Texans are very good. 
and Jacksonville will play well. They're look, look, they already got rid of the microphone today, the first day of practice. It's gone. They're, this is going to be free and liberating for this group. Uh, so I think they cover the number. That was one of my best bets before the Meyer news. It's going to be one of my best bets after the Meyer news. Before the Meyer news, I was on Houston. I was at Houston at the beginning of the week at plus three. I said, how can you possibly lay points when you when you have Urban Meyer at coach? And I take any team going against the Jaguars getting points. And now he's gone. So um, great, great job by me picking that early in the week. But now that at three and a half, I would have liked Jacksonville after the firing. I just think that team comes out with a weight off their shoulders and plays so much better. Their offense had four drives in the fourth quarter down big when a lot of teams were putting up garbage time stats and uh, they had negative one yard on those four drives. It's just incredible how poorly they've been playing. Um, so I was all over Houston early in the week, loved it catching points against Urban Meyer. Now that he's gone, I think it's a get-right spot for Jacksonville. So I like Pete's pick. I'm staying away, though, since I already put it in on Sportsline at a terrible number now, now that uh, Urban Meyer's no longer with us. Well, I mean, you. I mean, in your defense, you wouldn't have known that Urban you, was going to be You fired. killed him, RJ? He's no longer with us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he. well, he's, he's dead in terms of ever getting an NFL job again. There you go. I know, Wilson was suggesting that Urban, he's like, Urban's, if he wants to keep coaching, he's going to have to go to like the FCS. He's like, this dude's never coaching again. He's going to go, he'll be back on that Fox show, not answering with questions Brady. about what happened to him in Jacksonville by, by with, next year. With, with Brady Quinn. That's right. He will be, uh, he can have a great time. Brady can tell him what a great job he's doing. And he Brady. will. <laughs> oh, ho, ho! Um, I've gotten a lot of tweets from people who are like, hey, have Brady back on, defend Urban some more. On the podcast, <laughs> well, he threw me under the bus, so I can. Uh, he, he did. You know. He did throw you under the bus. That was and uh, I said and then, to him. And then the bus promptly ran over Urban Meyer. So Brady looks foolish for it. Uh, so I like, look like I, like a cockroach in Jacksonville. I just outlive them all. <laughs> Jacksonville's <laughs> famous. Jacksonville's most famous cockroach, Pete Briscoe. <laughs> I fired that guy. I fired that guy on their air for the last month and a half. Air, yeah. and they weren't happy about it, but I fired him. Well, I mean, you probably helped contribute to it. I mean, Shad Khan's here in that radio show. Uh, look, I think I think if you take it, I don't think you can take the Texans here. It's just a Jaguars. Where the Jaguars are not a good team, but they have more talent. They have more talented players than the Texans do. And Daryl Bevel is going to come out with a a not a basic game plan, but just a semblance of an intelligent game plan, which is what they haven't had for six months now. That team is going to play hard to show that they how much they disliked Urban Meyer. I was tempted to make the Jags a best bet, but uh, three and a half is a bit much for a terrible team. I do think they roll in this game, though, and it's strictly the dead cat bounce theory. Urban fired. This team hates him. They're going to play better because of it. Saints at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus 11 over under 46 and a half. Pete, this is a spot, I believe, where the uh, Buccaneers can win, clinch the division with a victory, and essentially, not that the Saints are – I mean, they can kick the Saints out of the in the hunt, uh, the playoff picture, uh, you know, graphic that, that always gets thrown up. They can they could snuff out the Saints season with a win here. Do you like the Saints to keep it close? Yeah, and the Sean Payton news this week—he's uh, going to be back. He's just being cautious, and and so he'll he'll coach. Um, I'm concerned um, about the Bucks defense. So uh, look, Taysom Hill—I'm the biggest critic of Taysom Hill out there. But I'm going to give him credit for last week. I thought he actually threw some nice balls that did some good things. And I think they moved the football. Getting Kamara back was huge for them. Uh, defensively, they're a good team. And we we know what they did to Tampa Bay in Tampa last year. They beat the daylights out of Tom Brady. Uh, they attacked him. They blitzed him. He didn't like it. And, and they just dominated that game. They won't dominate this game. But that number's way too bloated for my liking. I'm going to take the Saints plus the eleven. 
And they've played That's twice bad. since they played twice since that game. Once the playoffs, once earlier this year, Taysom wasn't in either of those games. He wasn't available. And in that game, um, he had like, I think 50 something yards on, on seven carries. It's a little issue that, that the Bucks have as great as they are as a rush defense. They don't handle rushing quarterbacks very well. We saw that with Josh Allen last week. So, um, you know, I think Taysom can get his, they can have some success on offense like you. I think this line is far too high for a divisional game against an opponent that always plays them tough. And even though they did lose five straight, they won last week. They, um, they are a solid team overall. Um, so I think a Tampa Bay blowout in this matchup would be an outlier with Peyton playing Tampa Bay tough in general and Taysom giving Tampa trouble. And uh, you said New Orleans, uh, Tampa could end New Orleans. They'd be out of the hunt. I mean, six and seven's in the playoffs right now. I think the seven seed is six and seven. So the Saints aren't going anywhere for another week or two, at least. You can't really eliminate anybody in the NFC except for Detroit, really, and uh, the Giants probably. But but everyone else is probably still kicking. So, um, so I, I also have best bet Saints plus 11. This line's too high for me. Yeah, if I I would probably lean towards the Saints as well. Although Tom Brady at home has been really really good, the Buccaneers seem inclined to try and get him the MVP by letting him toss the ball around, and maybe they struggle to run a little bit against the Saints defense, which would mean more throws. I think I think the Saints defense is probably good enough to keep them within double digits, but I I, I wouldn't make it a best bet. Would lean towards the Saints. Um, We'll happily put it in the parlay if you guys want to kick that thing off with this. I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, first leg of the parlay, Saints plus 11. Uh, by the way, David Blythe in the YouTube chat, you can you can chat with us live as we're uh, doing the podcast, points out that um, COVID concerns or COVID raging up across you know, the country, certainly when it comes to sports, it's a problem right now. And we like with the Browns are playing on Saturday. They, ha- they have a ton of guys on the COVID list. Um, it might behoove uh, people who are betting on sports to wait until closer to kickoff. Or, I mean, if you see, you know, the Browns are minus six. So Raiders plus six. I got some of that. That's a great number. Raiders will probably end up being favored by the time that kicks off. But just making note that wait, we, we could see changes in who's starting and who's playing up until kickoff based on what we've seen over the last few days, right? I mean, and, be, be and cautious with your bets. Here. Right. Well, be cautious in some sense. But the key thing is if you're going to jump on a team, you want to jump on these big underdogs because if, you know, five Lions get ruled out, their line goes from 13 to 15 maybe. Yeah. Um, if if five key Cardinals get ruled out, then that line drops to four or three, yep. you know, so it's you, you have a lot more wiggle room with these bad teams. So I'm fine taking New Orleans now. And then if if it's swinging one way, it's going to swing in the direction of New Orleans, you know, and, and, and you're going to have a much better number there. Right. The Buccaneers aren't going to be minus 17 against the Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. it would take it would take a lot of players being ruled out for that to happen. So, yeah, good point, RJ. The um, next game. Titans minus one and a half at the Steelers, Tennessee, and Mike Vrabel just dispatched of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's handshake got Urban Meyer fired. Urban, the theme of today, obviously. Over under here, 41 and a half, Pete. Yeah, and look, Titans scored 20 points against the Jaguars. They didn't look great on offense. And uh, look, the Jaguars' offense was awful, <laughs> awful. And they picked them all four times. They were just so bad. The Steelers actually showed life on offense late in that game against the Vikings, and I think that's a good sign going forward. They got handled up front on both lines, but Mike Tomlin has made that a priority. I bet he hit them a little bit this week. Uh, you know, they hit, and they need to. They need to be more physical. That hasn't been their calling card. 
But I love this spot for the Steelers. I, I think, look, Tennessee isn't scoring a ton of points without Derrick Henry in the lineup. And I don't think they're going to score a ton of points in this game. I, I, I think the Steelers will win this game outright. You won't even need the points. So they're one of my best bets, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's big of you to call for the uh, outright win for a team that's a one-point underdog. Oh! Hey, it was one and a half when I picked it. Well, that's, that, that's much different. Uh, yeah, I am also an on even Steelers. money underdog. What a, what a wild man! This guy's out of control. I, I'm just saying, I don't this need him. Guy is drunk. Need him. I don't need the point either, Pete. I'm also on Pittsburgh plus one and a half is the best bet. Although I will throw away that point and a half if you're willing to as well. Um, Tennessee is not better than Pittsburgh just because they beat proven winner Urban Meyer, who's now on the street. Um, Tennessee's offense, like you said, still mediocre despite the win. Maybe they'll look better if Watts out, but I think he did return to practice uh, this week, so I'm not assuming anything there. Pittsburgh's offense, and it came to life, like you said, in the second half last week. That's the second time in four weeks. They've been down huge, and then they rally back and make it a game. Um, So they need to stop doing that, sleepwalking through first halves and coming alive in the fourth quarter. But if they do that here, Tennessee's not going to get out to as huge a lead as Minnesota was because their offense just isn't playing well. So then they still come back and win the game. Uh, my power ratings have Pittsburgh as a slightly better team right now because the, they've improved off of what I saw earlier in the season. You throw in home field advantage, which is a real thing in Pittsburgh in December, and I love Steelers. I think this line is is probably at least four points too wrong, and I'd make Steelers close to two, three-point favorites. So um, I'm also best bet on the Steelers. Well, uh, we, I don't have a best bet on it, but we can toss it in the parlay as well. So Saints plus 11 and Steelers plus one. This is a, just like the Steel- Vikings over the Steelers was a good buy low, sell high spot on those teams. This is the same thing. I mean, the Titan, congrats, congrats, Titans. You beat up on the Jaguars, but they didn't really beat up, beat up on them that bad. I mean, you know, it was 20 to nothing, but they didn't, like there were points in there. It was 10 nothing in the third quarter. I mean, they had a chance. Yeah. My eight and a half, my, I had Titans minus eight and a half. Uh, as a best bet and as a real life bet. And it never felt, you know, it felt fine late, but it was never like super, super safe where they're up, you know, 35 to nothing. They didn't roll it up on them and they're just missing too many weapons right now. You know, I do think the Titans are interesting in the playoffs if they get AJ Brown and uh, Derek Henry back. And those guys are at full strength, but I mean, Julio Jones, there's no one else to compete for targets with Julio Jones for the Titans, and he finished with four catches for 33 yards. It's it's possible that Julio is it's over. I mean, like it, it's I, I'm sure he'll have a monster game and make me look like an idiot in this spot. But um, I like the Steelers are a good buy low spot. They put everything into that Ravens game. Short week, lose to the Vikings who were desperate, and now you have a, a mini buy and you're at home as a short dog. I think Steelers win too. So we'll put that in the parlay. Easy pick of Pittsburgh Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams are a minus four and a half over under 45 and a half, Pete. Yeah, and I'm going to play into a theory that I strongly believe in, and that's a team that wins an emotionally big game the week before struggles the next week. And and it's played out pretty much to a T this year, and I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going against one my two clashing theories here because Seattle's on back-to-back road games, but I just think that they're going to hang around in this game. I think Russell Wilson's starting to play much better and the Rams are due for a little bit of an emotional letdown, and they're on the short week. So I'm going to take Seattle uh, in the four and a half as one of my best bets. 
and the road games aren't as bad as they could be. They're both, you know, against their their NFC North or NFC West opponents. They're not going to a Minnesota or East Coast or anything like that. Um, Seattle's offense looks back on track. Now it's the D maybe falling apart. Davis Mills, like you said earlier, playing well in that game. Um, so it's interesting to see if Seattle's defense can bounce back here. Rams lost Co- Ramsey to COVID right before Monday Night Football. If he's not back and cleared at that offense, obviously has an easier test for Seattle. With Beckham now out, um, I don't think that he's integral to the offense. I think that they can get by with Jefferson, Higby coming off the list. Um, they'll be able to pass the ball. This line is still probably a little too high at four and a half to me. I'm not jumping on it now. I would have liked it at seven, but but um, Seattle showing they're not giving up on the season. They started, they, they went with three and eight, and they've won their, their last two, I believe. Um, so I expect them to keep this close in a divisional game. Pete Carroll doesn't let the, his team quit. These guys aren't quitters. So this seems like a three-point game to me. So I, I'm, I'm fine going with Seattle um, in backing Pete's play there um, on that lean, but I, it's just a lean for me. Yeah, I mean, not only are they not, I mean, you know, you're describing it like this team's, you know, last gas to try and make the playoffs. I mean, they're one game out of the final wild card spot, and they've got Russell Wilson, who has looked over the last two weeks that he is finally, I don't know about healthy, but he is, he is, that he is adjusted to life post hand surgery after getting those pins taken out. Um, you know, the Rams are coming off an emotional victory over the Cardinals uh, in a primetime spot where they laid, they put everything into it despite missing tons of players. You know, Tyler Higby's out, Jalen Ramsey, a late scratch. All these guys are, are missing. They go out and they beat the Cardinals anyway, make a statement They're And they feel they have to take, you know, they're one game out of first in the NFC. Like they're one game out of the freaking division. They feel like they are, right back in it. You take a little breath and here comes Seattle. You know, it's a huge game. It is at home, but I agree with you. It's the Seahawks have enough firepower and Sean McVay plays conservative enough that this game probably stays within three points and probably a spot for DK Metcalf. I feel like DK Metcalf's had some big games against Jalen Ramsey past DK might be DK might be due for a big game this weekend. Just, just a thought. You say that every week on here, by the way, no. You know that. Yes, do you I, do. I said DK Metcalf's yes. due for a big game? You said that a couple different times. Well, he's he, due for a big game. He's, he's been one of the biggest fantasy disappointments of the year. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. These Justin Jefferson, I mean, Calvin Ridley for different reasons. Obviously, you know, him taking time away, perfectly fine. But, like, you know, these early drafted wide receivers, uh, it, it's paid off to draft running backs early and then grab these wide receivers in the middle rounds instead of – A.J. Brown's been a disappointment for fantasy. Sigh. Falcons, by the way, Pete, I would have gone undefeated in the fantasy football today league over the full season. We're not for you, you meddling little punk. My little, crap, my little crappy team beat you. That's unbelievable. So annoying. My team needed a loss, though, to get ready for the playoffs, get focused for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure, they did. <laughs> Falcons, at the, I would I would lead Seahawks here as well, but not a best bet. Falcons, by the way, Raiders. let me, let me, before we get to the game, let me tell the story about that. Britson is playing. I caught you cheating. Each other. No, you didn't catch. We're, we're sitting in the green room, about five of us. And Jamie suggests, why don't I said, oh, I, my team's almost beaten Brinson. I can't believe it. And I had Taylor Heineke playing instead of Kyler Murray. And so Jamie says, well, as a commissioner, I'll move it up and we'll watch what Brinson does. Because you hadn't noticed until later in the day. And then yeah, you I, had, I had the scoring open and said, you're playing Taylor Heineke. And then all of a sudden I said, he, I, I said something. You're like, no, Kyler's in. I see Kyler in. And then you, I said, I changed it before the FFT show. And then you melt it down when you realize what happened. There's no melt. And then, 
And then I put Heineke because I wasn't going to, we weren't going to cheat you, but with Heineke be back in, I still beat you because yeah. Devin Singletary got nothing on Monday night. Oh my gosh, ridiculous. Devin Singletary just needed like 11 points on Monday night. Come on. And it was the win game too. Just run the ball, yeah. Bills. Falcons at the 49ers, cheater. Falcons at the 49ers, 49ers minus nine, over under 45 and a half. Um, I like to think that this is a Kyle Shanahan revenge game, but I'm assuming you don't buy into that theory, Pete. I don't. I think that this is another number that's too big for me. I, I, the Falcons, and again, going against some of my theory because they're playing you know, on the road again after playing last week on the road at division game. But I just think they're Matt Ryan's playing good football. And, I, and the 49ers' pass defense isn't great down the field. You can attack them. And I think he'll hit some shots down the field. And I think they hang around. They're not going to win the game, but the number's way too bloated. I'll put the Falcons in as one of my best bets. My lean would be to San Francisco. Atlanta's not as good as their six and seven record suggests. I think it's tough for bad teams to compete in two straight road games. Uh, San Fran's D collapsed late versus Cincy, but the offense played well in a tough matchup. I trust them if Kittle and Samuel are on the field. Uh, and, you know, who knows? I think Kittle's a little banged up on the injury report. So as long as he's good to go, I think they're going to score points. And they could ha- they have a chance of having some success uh, holding down a limited uh, Atlanta offense. So line open at seven and a half, bet up by sharp money. Eight and a half was the last time I was looking to lay it. N- uh, nine for our picks and now nine and a half live. I mean, I'm, I'm off it at this point. It's just a lean. Uh, I would take the Falcons here, or excuse me, the, the 49ers here, if I'm if I'm picking. I don't have a best battle. It's, it's a huge number, and I do think that this is a week after favorites went crazy against the spread last week, something like like 13, 12 and one or 12 and two, whatever it was. I mean, just an obscene number of favorites covered uh, last week that you're going to see inflated lines from the sports books this week, because that's just sort of how it works. But you look at the Falcons, man. I mean, who like they don't, they don't compete with decent teams. Like they beat the Panthers last week. I get it. The Panthers are terrible. They lost 30 to 17 to the Bucks. They beat the Jaguars the week before that. They lose 25, nothing to the Patriots on that Thursday game. 43 to three playing against the Cowboys. They beat the Saints, you know, division rival. Yeah. And I mean, like th- their resume is just when they play a good team, they're going to get roasted. And I think the 49ers are becoming a good team with a healthy Debo. George Kittle should be out there. Kyle Shanahan. Th- there's no revenge game because he, d- he left. He didn't get fired or anything. He just left the Falcons. But I can see Kyle Shanahan having some sort of grudge in his head against Atlanta for I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know okay. what reason. Just wanted to spite him. Hope he doesn't have, hope he doesn't have a 28-3 lead. Oh! That's true. Did that come through? I had my mic muted. I don't know if it played the sound or not. It came through. So, okay, good. I will take the uh, 49ers, but not a best bet. I don't really have that many best bets this week. Yeah, this game. We're going to get to That's, the end, and he's going to show us. Yeah, best he'll, add, have 11 he'll, add, he'll add four as we're going through the process. <laughs> Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins minus 10. How in the world are the Miami Dolphins minus 10 when the over-under is 42? This, uh, I'm sure this game's on CBS. I'm sure you should watch it. It's going to be amazing, Pete. Uh, look, I, there's no way Miami should be in 10. No. I know the Jets have been bad. And defensively, they have all kinds of issues. But Miami's got some COVID situations going on as well. Uh, I just don't think they should be favored by 10. I think this is another situation where the number's too big. And you see, I'm taking dogs, and uh, I think it's going to you know, either be really, really good or really, really bad as a group. So I hope it's really, really good. But I'm going to take the Jets in the 10. Best bet. Jalen Waddle, one of those guys put on the list today, um, right before we started recording. That's a big loss for them. Um, even though they're getting, you know, pretty hole in the in the receiver room, except minus Will Fuller, who's never gonna play again, apparently, because he's just <laughs> not gonna just stay on IR forever. Um but 
But yeah, the reason why they're the, I liked it earlier in the week when it was a little bit smaller. I actually had dolphins in a teaser on the Tuesday early edge live stream. We do at 5 p.m. every Tuesday and we give our early takes on the games for an hour. Me and Mike McClure, who's a DFS god, he just knows everything about DFS. So, um, so I liked it then. Now it's up, ballooned up to 10, down to nine and a half with the Waddle news. I think it's a little too high. I would probably lean Jets at that point um, because of those COVID issues. Um, but even if they're shorthanded at running back, it's really mostly affected the running backs up until the Waddle it, it issue. So we didn't know who's going to play running back. I mean, everybody can pass on the Jets D. So two could manage just fine to score points in that matchup. Um, so uh, the Jets offense struggled, predictably struggled with Elijah Moore out. At least they should probably have um, Carter back in this game. He was designated to return from the IR. So if he plays, I think that could give their offense a little bit of a boost, even if the, they don't have the passing game weapons that they typically do. So it does seem like a big spread for Miami, but Jets are terrible on both sides of the ball. I couldn't play the Jets at, at even at plus 10 because I just can't put any money on the Jets at this point. So I'm just going to stay away. Yeah, I mean, the Jets would be the play against spread if you're getting 10, but it's this is a gross game. Um, the under is not a terrible, I mean, 41 is not many points, but I mean, this could easily be like 17, 10, you know, and not even sniff to going over. So I don't, it I don't hate, but it involves the jets. I mean, it could easily be 41, nothing. And for sure. Nothing. Yeah. That's why I'm not, I'm not going to bet it. I mean, I'm just saying that if I were, if I had, if you, if you said you have to bet something from this game, I'm probably taking the, the under 41 because I don't want to back the jets. I'm not laying double digits with the dolphins. And I don't trust either of these teams to score a ton of points, but I don't, I mean, this is, it's not a, this game shouldn't be on your radar. You know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be spending a ton of time watching this game unless you're just a diehard Dolphins fan or you're like a a masochist or something like that. Uh, Let's take a break. And when we come back, the Raiders, the Browns, Saturday football in December. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Browns were minus six when this line opened. And as I pointed out, the Raiders are now, I said this earlier in the week, when the COVID stuff popping up for the Browns, the Raiders are now favored. Raiders minus one and a half at Cleveland on Saturday, Saturday afternoon game, I believe the four o'clock game or 4.30 game, over under a whopping 38 and a half, Pete. Yeah, and... How do you, this game is a disaster. I mean, with all the COVID situations, Stefanski, Stefanski had COVID already. He's got it again. I mean, and he's got every booster shot in the world. There's 9 billion shots and, and mask and everything else. And he's got it. Hey, again. The, only boost, the only boost we're talking about here are odds boost, Pete. Okay. If you want to talk, I'm just kidding. Just well, I mean, he's, I mean, it's just, I, I just don't get it. And, uh, you know, so look, the Browns are decimated. I, I, I think you got to, if you got to play the game, you got to play the Raiders. You have to. 
because I'm not taking a decimated team. And, and the one thing that really kills the Browns is the offensive line is crippled. I mean, that's the problem. They got all kinds of issues up front of the offensive line. So I'll, I'll take uh, the Raiders. Yeah, I gave the Raiders out at, when it was plus six early on Tuesday um, when it sounded like when they got put in enhancement code of mitigation protocols. I was like, oh, we're going to get some some a lot of players on coming up on this list. So I gave it out, and then uh, then there was reports came out on who those players were, and the line crashed down. Um, so will, will Darren Waller be back? You know, it doesn't look like it. The Vegas offense is too easy to defend without him. So even if the Browns have a somewhat competent defensive you know unit they can put out i don't know that the raiders score a ton of points so this is probably going to stay within margin for keenum to to do something to donovan peoples jones if they're if both of them make it to sun or to saturday um active and uh could be could be a little bit competitive game um but i you know you could see the raiders quit after how bad they played last week i'll trust that that car won't let that team quit when they're just one win out of a playoff spot so i would lean to vegas but at one and a half i'm not playing vegas so you know i played it earlier in the week uh, and so let me ask you this, uh, RJ. I also I bet the Raiders plus six. Um, I think it was Kimberly Martin of ESPN tweeted out something something along the lines of like I'm hearing significant players and numbers of players will be put on the COVID list for for Cleveland. And when you see that, you know, it, 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 again, take the dog because you know this is, the line's not going to get Browns minus fifteen if if it's all the Raiders players on there. But the line is going to dr- move drastically if if Browns players are out. And so. If you have if you have Raiders plus six in your pocket, are you coming back and taking Browns plus one? Um, or, you know, or are you maybe I don't need to put the Browns? In. Are you trying to hedge out of that at all? Or are you just willing to ride out the Raiders plus six? Yeah, I thought it was an interesting play yesterday on a wall Wednesday. Now that people listen to this, because it sounded like there were negotiations on what are they going to do? They're going to change the protocols. And to me, the way that it was framed in the first report, it sounded like we were going to have to live with this at some point. So it sounded like they were going to find a way to get players back earlier than they used to. So then I started thinking, well, just because there's 17 Browns on the COVID list now doesn't mean they're all out uh, by Saturday. You know, they might find a way to test negative ones before the game and you can play, you know. Um, so we, that hasn't happened yet. Maybe people listening to this have the advance, you know, have the knowledge of that we don't because it might have happened sometime on Thursday um, that that happened. So if you can hedge out of that and, and you think that's going to happen, I think that's that is a smart move because it could then flip the end of rounds being favored by two or three, you know, depending on who they get back. Um, so I wouldn't mind it in that sense. But when nothing came and went to that on, on Wednesday and it sounds like they're still negotiating with the NFLPA, I just kind of been waiting to see mode at this point. Here's the question about that, though. Is it fair to the guys who did have to sit out, the teams who had guys sit out already, if you change it? No, but I mean, I mean, they made the Broncos. They, you know, they made the Broncos play with Kendall Hinton at the at quarterback last year. Like the NFL doesn't care about fair. And it's also a different set of circumstances. Like when there's sixty something guys on the list for the first thirteen weeks of the season, and there's ninety on the list in the last three days, then it's you have to have some type of thing. It's a collective issue. It's it's a different set of circumstances here. Um, so you're not you handle it differently now than you would earlier in the season, just like you handled earlier in this season differently than you did last season when there was no vaccines or anything. Right. No, I get and, it. And, an and, and quit testing healthy people. How about that? There's an idea. Well, and we're talking about vaccinated players too. Like you're, you know, th- this is not like a, a surge of players who, you know, refuse to get vaccinated on the Browns and are in protocol because of that. Like, you know, people were asking, well, oh, are they going to make the Browns forfeit? No, because they, they said they would only, they would only do that if it, it stems from, you know, somebody like a, an unvaccinated, if an unvaccinated player, an unvaccinated a team that doesn't get vaccinated causes this outbreak, you know, th- they would, they would, the, the NFL said that they would, 
treat them as negligent in that situation and maybe cause them to forfeit. This is not the case with Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's – to your point, if they change the protocols before Saturday and allow a bunch of Browns players to come back, that would cause this line to, to move, and it would probably cause a bunch of screaming and yelling, which I yeah. guess is just how we naturally. operate. Yeah, naturally. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I'll hedge out a little bit. I kind of – I mean – I kind of like the Browns plus like, I mean, I know they have nobody, but they, just give it a niche up 30 times and, and and let Miles Garrett run over Derek Carr. And I think you could still win the game. The offensive line's banged up, man. I mean, what? Have, and they got Raiders? COVID situations. All right. Pats at Colts. Colts minus Colts minus two and a half over under 45 and a half. The ultimate Josh McDaniels revenge game on the Saturday evening slate. This is a great, this is a great, this is a huge game. It's a Colts, Colts revenge game against Josh McDaniels, actually. Chris Ballard revenge game. What do you think, Pete? Pats, Colts? Def- huh? Don't forget Deflategate. <laughs> Ooh, Deflategate revenge. It's uh-huh. a Colts revenge game on McDaniels, not the other way around. That's what I said. Yeah, he's the one. <laughs> yeah, he, he corrected himself. Yeah, Deflategate, I know, though. I was like, what are you talking about? Also, I mean, just, I mean, Josh McDaniels is the center of the revenge, not that Josh the McDaniels city, is seeking the revenge. City where we, the city where we had fourth and jackass. Oh, that's this, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of history there. And it is it is out. it is crazy to like look at these, you know, to think about these two teams. You know, when Manning and Brady were playing, it's been a forever, obviously, but you know, ten years ago, I guess it was like twelve years ago. You know, this was yeah, you know, the game, and now it's like Mac Jones versus Carson Wentz. Yeah, but it's it's more it's physical run game against physical run game. That's what yep. it is. And uh, look. People forget, or at least a lot of people have forgotten because of the because of the weather game. The week before, the Titans ran for over 200 yards against the Patriots. Just bludgeoned them. And I think the Colts are going to run the ball here. I, I know that – and here's the other thing. This line looks stinky. It's I always like I always like looking for the stinky, smelly line of the week, and this one looks stinky. And, and so I just think that with the fact that Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big day, um, I, I'm going to take the Colts and lay the points uh, in large part because I thought it would be pick them at best. And so it looks stinky and I'm going to take the Colts and lay the points. The public is going to be all over the Patriots as underdogs in this game. <clears throat> and um, I'm sure we've seen some of that already, but it was interesting. It was two, uh, you know, Colts and, um, and it's gone up to two and a half. It shows sharp money had been on, um, on Indy there, you know, and they're, they're kind of seeing what you're seeing. Um, so I think it's, it's probably the line should be Indy minus one. I think Indy's only about a point worse than the Patriots and you throw in home field and it should be around one. Um, so new England being favored on the look ahead and sharp money flipping. It's kind of weird to me. Uh, new England's looked awesome, but they haven't really been challenged. This is their toughest test since week eight. Mac Jones hasn't had to do much in these games. He is playing well. I'm not going to take anything away from him and say they did that. It's all a product of the system around him. But now if he goes down and if the Indian running game is getting it going and Mac Jones goes down 10 points, so is he going to be able to rally the team back on the road and win? We haven't seen it yet. Um, doesn't mean it's not there, but it's just that, uh, you know, don't make him the MVP yet because, um, you know, he just hasn't been tested as much. So I'm probably playing New England if it gets to plus three. Um, but I love the Patriots in a teaser. I tease it up to plus eight and a half for the first leg of my teaser. Yeah, I like the Pats here. Um and I and I agree with Pete. It's the stinkiest line on the planet. It was, and, and to make matters even stinkier, it opened Colts minus one, and then moved out to Colts minus two. And there's nothing worse than loving a short underdog and watching the line move away from you, and knowing that everybody's probably gonna be on the Patriots Saturday night game. Huge, huge playoff implications. And if you're the Patriots, to be perfectly honest, 
like you're, you know, you got a little bit of a look ahead spot with the Bills the next week. I'm not too worried about that with with Belichick, just you know, not allowing his team to get caught up in, in what's on the schedule. But you know, you also want to. I mean, I don't think anybody in the AFC wants to see the Colts in the playoffs. The Colts are a problem if they get to the playoffs with the, just the way that they play and sort of how they've been coming on the last few weeks, physical in the run game. I tend to think that the under is a good look here on a Saturday evening game between two physical run teams, and I, I do agree with Pete that we'll see the Colts run. I, I just, I'm just going to keep riding this Belichick, Mac Jones train that I've been on for the past you know six weeks or so. Actually, the whole season. Uh, you know, me, Patriots guy. Noted Patriots fan. I think the Patriots get it done because, but because Bill Belichick, and I do agree that Mac Jones needs to step up and carry the, the Pats one week at some point in the near future. So I have a best bet on the Pats plus two and a half, which is what we're picking for our purposes. Obviously, three would be much better. WFT at the Eagles. Eagles minus seven over under forty four. When Debo tosses this graphic up here, Pete, I'm guessing that this line has moved a little bit more because. Not only does the football team have COVID issues. Oh, nine and a half. Oh, my God. It's going to 10, too. So we're picking it at seven. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, I've got a best bet on the Eagles minus seven. I bet the Eagles minus seven when the Washington COVID stuff started happening. I still think you can take the Eagles at anything under 10 and that they should take care of business. Everyone on WFT is either on injured reserve or on a COVID list. Like, this is almost a worse situation than the Browns. Uh, if only because, I mean, you're you're talking like it's like something like 36 players. It's it's outrageous. So uh, 30. I've got it's 30. It's 30, I think. 30 total players. I mean, th- that yeah, is insane. I've got the uh, I've got I've got Philly minus seven as a best bet, and I, again, I think I would take them. Yeah, less than 10. There's, I think you're okay taking them, but it's, it's getting eight a more. Ad, there's eight more add-ons to the list today. <laughs> Uh, Thursday include Cameron Curl, Tyler Larson, their starting center. Uh, so now they got their way up there. It's insane. It's just it's an insane number oh. of people. Um, Pete, what do you? Uh, so and some, look, so, some guys can come off the list though. I mean, so they could be getting guys off the list. Yeah, and and as RJ pointed out with the Cleveland game, you know, if they change the protocols before Sunday, and it's possible that they do because you have multiple games where, you know. There are so many players on these COVID lists that it's going to be difficult for the teams to play. Uh, but Pete, you know, we're, we're picking it against seven. Yeah, I, I take. I don't have it as the best bet. I'm going to take the Eagles, though. I I think that they'll win the game. I thought they would win the game by more than the spread, even if everybody was healthy for Washington. And and what's Heineke's status? I mean, in terms of his injury, where is he? You know, is what can he move around? Is what's his status? We don't know. We don't know where he is. He hurt his knee last week. Yeah, I mean, it just probably. It, I mean, there's a pretty good chance it's Kyle Allen starting in this game. But he's on the COVID list, isn't he? Oh yeah. So hey, who will be the quarterback for them? Well, I think Heineke's going. Uh, Heineke play, says, "quote He should be fine." So he'll play, but where is he? I mean, that, yeah, I like the Eagles. I, yeah, I mean, physically, I would guess he's in Washington right now, and will be traveling to Philadelphia. Yeah. you know what I meant, wise guy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, exactly. You're talking about a really banged up mid-level, like, replacement-level quarterback who's now got to lead this team against uh, an Eagle squad coming off their bye that loves to pound the football and then force you to throw because you're trailing. I mean, it's a it's a really, really bad spot for Washington. Yeah, and I'll take – so I'll take the Eagles minus the points. 
I, I would lean that way too. Um, I had the time to play him was early in the week. I was kind of leaning that way when it was five and, and I didn't jump on it. And I should have, um, with all these in, the absences now, but how, you know, how, how could you know? Um, but McLaurin's a big absence too. If he's out, I don't know how Heineke has consistent success in the passing attack, even if he does play, you know, it might be a lot of Ricky Seals Jones because uh, the Eagles are pretty bad against tight ends. So, um, yeah, I'm, I made this the second part of my teaser, tease it down to minus one when we're picking against the line of seven. So my teaser is Patriots and Eagles, but other people can't get that number now. And I wouldn't tease it down to three and a half based on the line at William Hill. Right. So, um, if you're pairing your teaser, look to pair the Patriots with either the Steelers, moving the Steelers up to seven and a half, if you can get some one and a half still, or the, um, the Bengals, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I like moving them up through seven. I was just noticing that the Jaguars are out to minus five on my local. This is insane. Like Urban's worth negative two points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the funniest storyline. Guy gets fired in his team. Like he's just shooting. It's like Jaguars are going to close like minus 10 because Urban Meyer got fired. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, as I said, Eagles, Eagles minus seven is a best bet. Uh, I bet it. I actually got it at six and a half uh, when I bet it. Um, but, you know, I mean, nine and a half minus 115 is a lot. And I agree with RJ, you can't tease it down to uh, down to three and a half. But I would still bet the Eagles just wouldn't feel as good about it. Washington is just ravaged. Be careful, of course, with the COVID protocols. Panthers at the Bills, a.k.a. Panthers at the Panthers North. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have set up basically a Carolina pipeline uh, in Buffalo. The Bills are a big favorite here coming off that loss against the Buccaneers. Bills minus 10 and a half over under 44 and a half beat. The Bills will be in the playoffs. Take it, lock it, guarantee it. They'll win their three of their next four bare minimum. They'll be in the postseason. They got to learn to stop the run. I mean, that, that that's a problem for them. They're, they've been getting out physical. We've seen it down this, you know, down the last seven games. Uh, you know, Colts did it. Patriots did it. Bucks ran on them. They got to get tougher, and, and that's going to be the key in the next three or four weeks to how far they can go in the postseason. But I think they did something at the end of that game last week, I, and they put it. Josh Allen showed me a ton. You know I'm a big believer in him, but that was vintage Josh Allen. He put that team on his arm and his legs and carried him to overtime. Uh, so I, I think the Bills will blow out Carolina. Carolina's offense is awful. Uh, Cam Newton's bad. The offensive line is atrocious. They won't run the ball on him. So I'm going to take Car- uh, Buffalo minus the points. Too many points for me to lay with Buffalo when the offense has been so inconsistent and Allen's now dealing with his foot issue. Zero trust in Carolina when they want to platoon their quarterbacks, which has never worked in the history of football. Oh, so, uh, so Urban Meyer did it in uh, Florida just to bring the full circle. Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. But in professional football, it does not work. Never worked in the history of professional Dang. football. Yeah, I meant uh, also surprised how poorly Carolina D played versus limited Atlanta offense. How, they might have checked out um, and, you know, firing Joe Brady. I, uh, I don't know what's going on with that team, but I don't trust them at all. Um, so I'm not going to play this game. I'm, I'm going to stay away. I got the Bills is the best bet. I don't think people understand how terrible the Panthers are. This team is horrendous. They are Matt Rule fired Joe Brady. Pff, okay. They can't run the football. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. The offensive line is, is, is a disaster. Cam Newton is, I mean, he's not playing that. I mean, he's not playing well, but I mean, it's, it's not him. It's not, it's not Darnold. It's not PJ Walker. It's, it's the offensive line. No one can play behind that offensive line. Buffalo is going to be pissed off. They are coming off two straight losses. And this Sean McDermott in this weird headspace, this where he, and, and I agree with Pete, this, what happened at the end of that Buccaneers game, maybe saved the Bills' season. I know you don't want to take moral victories or, or claim that a loss helped you, but 
coming back against Tampa Bay and showing that they can play with the Bucks and that they they can hang with them and fixing whatever they fix in the second half is going to spur the Bills down the stretch. I don't. They, this is a little bit of a look ahead game with the Pats coming up, trying to save the division, but they know they have to win this game to stay alive in the playoff race. And I think they are going to absolutely hammer the Panthers. I think Bills. I'm talking. I think like twenty eight to five. I don't know how the Panthers get a safety, but or maybe they, yeah, twenty eight six. They miss an extra point. I got the Bills as the best bet in this spot. We've seen plenty of kicker miss an extra point this year because they stink. Kickers do stink. You know, you know what you should do to kickers who miss extra points? Kick them. Kick them. <laughs> I'll kick anybody I want. I'm the head ball coach. What a line. We have, we have a running joke in the green room of something I say about a kicker that I won't say. <laughs> the kickers when they miss, that's oh. far worse than being kicked. Oh my. <laughs> Cardinals minus 13 at the Lions over under 47 and a half. I mean, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins out for the year. But this game is just atrocious. Do the Cardinals take care of business, Pete, or do they sort of stumble? Yeah, into- they take – look, that's a – I hate laying that number. I really do. That's a giant number. And the, and the Lions play hard. I get it. Uh, last week they got victimized. I had the Lions as a best bet, and then COVID got them, and the illness got them. So I had no chance in that game. Um, but they hung around for a little while, even so. I don't think they hang around in this. I think the Cardinals losing to the Rams gets them back refocused, even without Hopkins, who hadn't done anything since really since week seven. I mean, think about it. That, I think that's the last time he had a game where he had more than five catches and, and had a big number. So I, I'm going to take Arizona because I think they can adjust, and this will be a blowout. Well, no, Hopkins means you get more Rondale Moore's uh, two yards per reception, whatever he's doing. It seems like every time I look at his stat line, it's like four catches for barely 10 yards. Um, this is a major sleepy spot for Arizona coming off that Rams game on Monday night, having to play Indy next Saturday. Um, Detroit competed for a half in that game, even with all their absences that just caught up to him in the end. I think it's a lot of points for a home dog making Arizona travel across the country with all this COVID stuff going on. Um, Lions eight and five against the spread. Arizona doesn't need to blow them out. They need the win. They don't need to, to win by margin. Um, so with Hopkins out, who knows about Connor's health? It seems like a good spot to rest him if, if he's not 100%. I'm thinking you're going to win this game. I would feel much better if I knew Swift or Hawkinson would be back. I don't think they are going to be back. So, um, But I'm still going to play it regardless. So I got best bet Detroit plus 13. This seems like a game. They play hard. They hang around. And they lose by 10, you know, 11 points, something like that. Yeah, backdoor seems wide open. And it does feel like this is a spot where, as good as Arizona's been on the road, it's kind of hard not to come in a little deflated. I know Hopkins, as you point out, Pete, hasn't been great, you know, in a few, you know, hasn't been putting up monster numbers. But you're Arizona, you're, you're, you've been the best team in football for most of the year. You feel like you're not going to have that late season collapse that these Arizona teams have had over the last two years with Kingsbury. And then all of a sudden you get stomped by the Rams on Monday night at home and Hopkins is done for the year. You have to feel a little deflated and there's nowhere. This is like, I always talk about the tomb game for uh, like whenever the ACC teams go to play Boston college at noon on a Saturday, late in the season in, in Chestnut Hill. It's just, you know, it's just the energy is just not there. And this is kind of the same spot. And, you know, Arizona has to, they're deflated and they've got to go to Detroit and play at 1 p.m. Eastern. It does feel like a sleepwalk game for the Cardinals and, and one where the Lions can storm through the back door, worst case. So I, I'm with you there. I, I like the Lions in that spot. Not a best bet. I only have like three best bets this week. Bengals at the Broncos. Broncos minus two and a half over under 44. Pete. 
I'm going to take the Bengals. Uh, again, there's a team I thought in the fourth quarter last week and overtime really did some good things. Joe Burrow uh, will be do some good things in this game. I know the Denver defense is pretty good. I don't believe at all in the in the in the Denver offense. I think it's bad, uh, and I think the Bengals will find a way in this game to win the game behind Joe Burrow. So I'll take the Bengals in this one. Yeah, the the Broncos can run the ball. Um, they do that well, but the Bengals have a pretty solid defense. Um, often the, since the offense struggled early, ultimately Burrow looked fine playing through his pinky injury. His numbers were great at the end of the game. He didn't look great early in the game. It looked a lot better toward the end. So I'm not really worried about his injury. And, um, even with that injury, you know, I think figure that's the reason to move the line. Look ahead was since he minus three, since he minus two and a half, it swung four points because Denver blew out a severely undermanned Detroit team. I don't think that tells us much about Denver. So I think that line move off the look ahead was way too much. Um, so since he has better offense between these teams, Denver has the better defense. I think having the better offense is more important. Um, I made Cincy a best bet at plus two and a half, just fading that that huge move off the look ahead. Yeah, uh, oh, this is a. I don't know which Cincy team shows up. It's like. They're, I mean, I, I kind of know what they are, but they're, I don't I, I, This game is, there's too much going on in this game for me to make any kind of best bet. I would probably lean towards the Bengals, especially if you get the plus three. You know, Burroughs, Burroughs played well. The receivers are dynamic. Denver's defense, it, 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 this feels like it wants to go under, but the Bengals may find a way to drag the Broncos into more of a shootout. That's sort of been their mo, raising the floor of their of the of the of the plays that their opponents will go on. I would lean Cincinnati. Don't uh, don't love this particular game. Oh, it's a good game. Just don't don't have a great feel for it. The Packers. I do have a great feel for the Packers though. Minus five and a half at the Ravens. This line is probably going to uh, move dramatically because it sounds like Lamar Jackson unlikely to play Pete against the Packers at home. So I mean, I guess oh, maybe that five and a half is baked in for Lamar. It's hard to, I mean, how would you get make the Packers like, baked in. yeah, I think it's baked, baked in. in. Yeah. So yeah. Lamar seems like a long shot to play on Sunday, which means it's an Aaron Rodgers show on the road, knowing he can chase down that one seed without having to go against the former MVP. Yeah. And look, the former MVP ended up playing very well anyways. I mean, huh? they, this team hasn't looked really crisp and good since mid-October. I mean, it's been a while. I think the last game where you looked at him, he said, oh, well, there they are. They're a Super Bowl contender is the Chargers maybe. Isn't that the last game where they've actually looked really good? It's a long time They ago. smashed the Chargers and then they've been bad since then. Yeah, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Packers. I think Rodgers and Gang are gonna have a, a big day throwing it. Uh I would have taken the over in this game if I knew for sure Jackson was playing, but he's not probably not gonna play. So I'll just take the Packers as uh as not a best bet, but I like the Packers. I think the the Lamar news is half baked in. I think that this line should be three if, if Lamar is playing in full health, and I think it should be seven if he's out. Uh, Huntley was good. And typically, I would have more of a gap between Huntley and Lamar, but Lamar, like you said, Pete, that offense isn't playing well. So um, I, I take it from being a six point seven point gap, whatever it is, down to a little bit less. Um, but yeah, I think this is kind of the midpoint to that. And once it gets ruled out, it's going to go up to seven. So I think jump on it now. Um, if you have that ability and you can still get five and a half, I am, I'm making the Packers a best bet at minus five and a half. The defense got a wake up call after Chicago hit big play after big play. I think they will be more focused in this game. Baltimore's defense did not fall apart last week with Marlon Humphrey out, but Aaron Rodgers is not Baker Mayfield. I checked with my sources and they said <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is way better than Baker Mayfield. Um, 
especially with how Mayfield's playing now and through those injuries. So as long as Rodgers can keep playing through his injury, I think you know the, the his his playing level has not dropped off at all. I'll keep looking to play Green Bay. So minus five and a half best bet is a, a Green Bay for me. Yeah, I got the Packers as a best bet too. This is sort of I mean, look, it's it's a tricky spot because you're a huge favorite on the road. You know, there's a chance Lamar could play, but we do think that it is unlikely that he plays based on reporting coming out on Thursday. We'll know for sure. Uh, well, maybe not for sure on Friday. Probably won't know until actually on Sunday. But for the Packers, you know, they're the division's done with. They're not worried about that. But that one seed with the Cardinals losing is wide open. And they have this game, two home games against the Browns and the Vikings, and then they're on the road in Week 18 against Detroit. They could have clinched. A, they could clinch a one seed by then. But I, I think if of all, even though the Bucs have the two games against the Panthers coming up and the and the freaking Jets somehow, I believe. Um, if you're Green Bay, you have to look at your schedule and think, man, we just got gifted no Lamar plus these home games against you know questionable teams and the Lions. We have a real chance to go get this one seed, home field advantage throughout the bye. Everything is on the table, so I think they come in focused, and we see this could be a lot of AJ Dillon in this game if they can if they believe the defense can limit what the Ravens do you know, in order to kind of take some pressure off of Aaron Rodgers, get a lead, run the ball a ton. I think the under is probably a pretty good look as well with no Lamar, but I will just take the Packers minus five and a half as the best bet. Throw it in the parlay. Throw it in the parlay. So we got Packers, Saints, and Steelers. Sounds good. Like it. We might hit it this week. Yeah, we're going to hit it. All right, that's the No more. No no more. more. Stop stop pushing the fourth one in there. No more. No more. We're due. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that's, that's how uh, that's how probability works, right? You miss you miss fourteen yeah. in a row, you're due. We're due. Yeah, fourteen fourteen heads. We're, we're due for a people chance. are broke because of our parlays and they can't bet it anymore. But we're due. <laughs> that is correct. Vikings minus three and a half at the Bears over under forty four. Pete, I'm going to take the Vikings in this spot. I, I just think when you look at the way they're playing offensively, and I think they're going to be able to move the ball. Uh, you know, they, they just dominated the Steelers for most of that game last week, and, and I think they'll dominate the Bears in this one. And Is it a big game? Eh, it's prime time. Kirk Cousins worries me in prime time, but I'm going to take him in this spot. I'll take the Vikings minus the points. I was also worried about Kirk Cousins, two primetime games in a row. Is he going to show up and cover and win both? I, I had my doubts. But, um, but you know, betters moved this toward Chicago after Fields was solid against Green Bay, and then Chicago fell apart in the second half. It was four, now it's three and a half. Uh, Chicago had success running the ball with Fields at quarterback, and Minnesota struggles to defend the run. But now all three Chicago coordinators in the COVID protocol. And so you give Matt Nagy more to do on game day. Good luck with that. You know, they, they have more success when he was out <laughs> with COVID. And now that if uh, his coordinators are out, then then and he's calling the shots on offense. That that lowers the ceiling of the offense to me. The Minnesota defense got a wake-up call in the second and the fourth quarter, actually, against Pittsburgh after they nearly tied it. I expect better from them here. I was pulled toward Chicago initially before the COVID stuff with the coordinators, but then Fields also heads into this one banged up down multiple offensive tackles. Jason Peters hurt, and then uh, Larry Borum goes on the, the COVID list as well. So Minnesota, I believe they lead the league in sacks, even though they have they're pretty inconsistent, but um, I think they can get after him a little bit with those tackles out. And Minnesota actually may have benefited from playing Thursday night with the COVID spike. A lot of the players weren't around each other Saturday, Sunday. So, I mean, it seems like if you're playing for Sunday and the stuff is starting to spread, it really helps you if you play Thursday and everybody's kind of quarantined away from each other for several days. So that might have helped them out here and they might not have it as acutely as some other teams. So um, I have Minnesota as a best bet, minus three and a half, um, even though I was leaning the other way earlier in the week. Yeah, I, uh, I got nothing. On, I mean, look, that's a lot of points. 
for a Bears team that was frisky, but we saw in the second half. I mean, the Bears sort of put everything on the table against the Packers in that first half. Got two big jailbreak plays from Jakeem Grant and Demir Bird that you can't expect to replicate you know, itself over and over again. Would probably lean towards the Vikings, but uh, I don't know if that's a lot of points. So maybe, maybe a stay away for me. Finally, the Cowboys minus 10 and a half at the Giants over under 44 and a half, Pete. This game will come down to the Cowboys pass rush just annihilating Mike Glennon, period. End of story. Turn the ball over. Turn the ball over a bunch. That pass rush is getting nasty with everybody back. Uh, and, and I think they're going to be able to get after him and sack him four or five times, turn the ball over. I'll take Dallas minus the points. The Dallas offense hasn't played well. Uh, Dak Prescott needs to pick it up, but th- they'll get a lot of short fields and turn it into points. I'll take Dallas minus the big number. I thought the Giants had value last week with the defense playing well, and then their defense collapsed. So I don't really like playing them again if Mike Lennon is online to take snaps because he has been terrible, like you said. Uh, sorry, Brinson, but, but uh, he is just not playing well. <laughs> I would rather see Jake Fromm at this point and see what you got with him, even if he doesn't even know the offense. See what you've got with Jake Fromm. Just put put him out there. Just see, do something, because whatever you're doing is not working. But, you know, this line at home feels like there's value with the divisional home dog, but, you know, giant players might be checked out too. Um, With Dallas, Tyron Smith being out and hurt, I mean, their offense, that's the key to their offense. They struggle without him. There's a huge number for them to cover if he's out. I think it's a lower-scoring game. Dallas probably wins by – six or seven instead of 16 or 17. So I would lean to the Giants, but after last week, I'm not looking to, to play the Giants. Yeah, I'm not sure you can back the Giants here. They don't. They just can't do a whole lot on offense, and um, they're not particularly a good football team. Dallas's defense, as Pete points out, terrifying. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is a, it's absurd. What is Coach doing over here? Give it to me. Come on, give it to me. If you're, um, if you're, if you're listening Cromer, to us and not, if you're listening to us and not watching us, we just put up Brinson's mock draft from a few years ago. But although that was in that was in March or is in May after May. the draft, they made me do a, a a way too early mock draft. Wait, is that the first overall pick? Yes. Now scroll down to show the rest of these picks. This is a good draft, except for from first overall. Chase Young actually went second. Harvard third. What? Why did I sour on this guy? LaVisca, yeah, it's too early for oh. Tua, LaVisca ended up being a high draft pick. Tua went fifth, as predicted. Walker, that was Walker yeah. Little went in the second round the next year. Yep. Epinesa was yeah. a – Epinesa didn't go the first round. Who's that right there? I can't see that name. Trey Adams, then Jerry Judy. No, Jerry Judy, Trey first round pick. Adams. Trey Adams. Yeah. Christian Fulton was a second round pick. Isaiah Simmons, first round pick. Christian Fulton was playing like a first round pick. T. Higgins was very close to a first round pick. Andrew Thomas and Josh Sills. Makai back to the Jets. I know. Oh my God. Come on, guys. Who is it? Wait, go back down one. What'd you say? Who was the one that you, you mumbled over? Let's keep moving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, Derek Brown, CJ Henderson, Tristan Worst to the Browns. Yeah. Very close. He didn't go to the Browns. I know. He was the box Jacob Easton. Zooming in on that. ETN, KJ Costello. Whoops. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> look, that was it. Those, dude, I, don't laugh. Those drafts you do the year before usually end up coming back and bite you. Like, that, like having that many first rounders in an actual like draft that early is not that terrible. But the Jake Fromm is pretty bad. Jake Fromm, KJ Costello. Come on. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, uh, sure. I'll lean to the Cowboys. It's a lot of points, though. 
The one hit parlay, Saints plus 11, Steelers plus one, Packers minus five and a half. Pete Prisco's best bets. Oh, uh, I'm going to, oh, uh, news that came up right as we were uh, recording. Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins on the COVID list for Seattle. I'm actually going to add the Rams to my best bets, I think. Rams minus four and a half. So uh, I'll do that in a second. But Jaguars minus three and a half for Pete. Steelers plus one and a half. Seahawks plus four and a half. Saints plus 11. Jets plus 10. Falcons plus nine for RJ. I think you write plus, Pete. Pitt plus one and a half. Cincy plus one and a half. Green Bay minus five and a half. New Orleans plus 11. Detroit plus 13 and a half. A teaser of the Pats and the Eagles. Pats eight and a half. Eagles two minus one. And Minnesota minus three and a half. My best bets. Bills minus 10 and a half. Packers minus five and a half. Eagles minus seven. Pats plus two and a half. And the Rams minus five. You were you were being a little gun shy this week until you added that pick. Yeah, I didn't love it. Didn't love the board. Yeah, it's a lot of, look. It's it's in hard. The week to of bet COVID, he's taking a lot of a lot of favorites for the week of COVID. I saw four I favorites out of there and five. You know, all, you know what he's doing, RJ. He's he's not picking as many games because he thinks we're going to go rotten. He's going to catch us. I don't think that. I just didn't like the board. Sometimes <laughs> I like the board. Sometimes I don't. It's a hard it's a hard week to bet on these games because you really don't. I mean. Again, it's like Thursday at 2 p.m. And you know, Tyler Lockett is ruled out you know, non-injury. He's ruled out for the Seahawks game. That's a I mean, that's not that that's worth you know three points to the line or anything, but you don't know who's gonna be in and who's gonna be out come Sunday. And like RJ said, they could change the freaking protocols on Saturday. You know, if they change the protocols Friday or Saturday, that change that everything is out the window. Like all of a sudden would, they, I don't think they would change them during this week. They would do it after the games. You think so? Yeah. But the whole point of the protocol change would no, be to like, get down. It's like all, all stuff that happens at the end of the week, you, they usually make sure that everything happens at the beginning of the week so that you have a fair situation for suspensions yeah. and that kind of thing for the game. So it won't well, I mean, it would be it would be really unfair to the Raiders to have like, hey, by the way, the Browns have ten guys who are coming back now that we did, that you didn't know about. Right. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't think you could do it during the week. You think it has okay. to, it has to happen on Monday next week. All right. But be on the lookout for that because it would dramatically change how these games are played. Like, or Tuesday in case somebody from the Monday night game is in, in practice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, that's it. That's it for the Best Bet Show. Nice little five picks. Nothing crazy. Five picks. Pete's got 42 picks. Gunshot. Gunshot. Yeah, I'm not gunshot. I just didn't like the board. <laughs> RJ, is he gunshot? <laughs> hey, you said something about him being, you know, conservative, so he catches us. I mean, he's what ten games behind. Yeah, I'm not five, catching like five hundred. Like we're gonna have to go zero and fifteen. To, well, to, he's to expecting play. he's expecting us to go rotten. That's it. I see. Yeah. I see how the method yes. to his madness. You're giving me too much credit for planning, but I appreciate it. Uh, all right, that's <laughs> it for the best bet show for Pete and RJ. I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Smash that like button. Talk to you later. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.